today on the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Why did you start your business? I mean, why did you start it for you? And let's take changing people's lives and making an impact off the table because we're going to take that as a given. But also, honestly, you can do those things. You can change people's lives. You can make an impact and not be a business owner. So why did you become a business owner? Why did you start your business? Maybe it's similar to why I did. I was in corporate America doing my lawyer thing, not loving it. You know, at the end of every day, I was too exhausted to go do anything that I really wanted to do. I was wasting my time in commutes that I hated, in traffic that made me angry. And I was spending my day doing tasks that I didn't enjoy for people that I didn't particularly care to be around. And I was sitting there most days saying, you know, if I could only have more time, if I could only have more energy, then I would be able and I would like fill in the blank with all of these things in my life that I wanted to do. Or I would say, you know, if I had more money, if I saved a little more, if I paid down this debt, if I whatever with money, then right, then I could travel more. I could take more vacation. I could get a job that pays me less. I could whatever. And at the end of the day, after thinking these things and doing this day in, day out for multiple days in a row, I just decided that I was tired. I was tired of it all. I was tired of feeling like that. I was tired of trading hours for dollars, and I wanted more flexibility. I wanted to be able to work from anywhere. I definitely didn't want to work in an office. I was so jealous of people who got to telecommute, but I wanted to work doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I wanted more freedom. I wanted time to finally work out and get my health in order. I wanted to spend more time with my friends. I wanted to actually see my husband and see my family. I wanted to travel. I wanted to have spacious days. I wanted to do things that lit me up from the inside out. So I made a decision and then I took an action. I decided to go full-time in my business. Maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you are about to make a decision or maybe you just made one, whether it's to start a side business or to go full-time yourself. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> is starting the side business or starting this full-time business overwhelming but exciting, right? I know it. That's how I felt. I was overwhelmed, but I was so excited. And I, I threw myself into it. But if you're experiencing what I experienced, what you're noticing is it wasn't long or it's not long before that excitement starts to fade and frustration starts to set in. And I know it's true because it happened to me. Maybe that's happening to you right now. You're working around the clock. Your days are full and you know you're doing all of the things that you're supposed to do to get clients and to make money and to be seen. But it seems like no matter how many networking events you attend, how many sales calls you have, or even how many clients you sign or how many sales you make or how much revenue you generate, you still aren't able to experience that flexibility and that freedom that drove you to this in the first place. You sure aren't realizing any more time. It just seems like there's more to do and your days feel anything but spacious. And then you start looking around 
and we know that that's a danger zone. But you look around and you see everything that everyone else is doing and you wonder, well, is that what I should do? Should I do that thing? Will that make it happen? Or worse, why have they gotten that result? Why them and not me? Is it ever going to happen for me? If so, when? I don't know. I don't believe. I'm not seeing the results. And we all know the spiral that can happen. Well, I can tell you that, yes, it absolutely can happen for you. And I know this from personal experience because I was there. I was the frustrated one looking around, wondering what I was doing wrong, what I wasn't doing, why it wasn't happening. And now I have this flexibility, this freedom, the fulfillment, what I call like the trifecta, the three F trifecta. But in order for it to happen, in order for you to experience this trifecta, the three F trifecta, flexibility and freedom and fulfillment, the kind of fulfillment that comes from doing what you love on your terms, but in a way, right, that creates a successful and sustainable business because that's part of what will allow you to feel fulfilled, you are going to have to do the exact opposite of what you think is going to get you there. Meaning you most likely have to do something different than what you're doing right now or what you've done up until this point. And I'm sharing this with you because I wish someone had said all of this to me. Because you see, I was that corporate America gal who left to do what I love in order to live a life that I would love. And it was exciting And I threw myself into it, and then I found myself in that same place that I just described. But I did it. I achieved it, and yes, I'm going to tell you how I did it, because now I have a self-perpetuating business that brings in enough money for me to thrive, and I've done it by reducing my hours to only 30 hours a week, working with fewer clients than ever before, and even offering fewer programs than ever. In fact, I'm going to tell you something that i wasn't going to necessarily include here, but I just ran my reports for quarter one of 2020, all my financials, all my numbers for Q1 2020, which is January, February, and March. And I've already made about $20,000 more than I did in Q1 last year. And I've done it with half the number of clients and a 90% reduction in what I'm offering. And I tell you all of that not to brag, but to let you know something else that's even more important. While quarter one, this quarter of 2020, was my best quarter in my business financially ever, I would say the best quarter in my business beyond financial, with the clients, with what I'm doing, with the fulfillment, with, you know, the schedule, all of it, right? Q1 of 2020, by far the best quarter in my business. It was also the worst quarter personally in my life since becoming an entrepreneur. And so I need you to see that. Doing the best I've ever done in my business on one hand and having kind of the worst personal experiences (laughs) in this quarter that I've ever had. And I'm going to tell you about them and I'm going to share it with you because for the first time ever, I am in what I've wanted to work towards, like the full combination of what I've been working towards. I am living what everyone out there is saying that they want whenever they start their business. I have this freedom. I have this flexibility, right? I am surpassing my revenue goals and doing it 
with fewer clients, ideal clients, and doing it with that 30 hours a week max. I mean, I have the spaciousness. I have the freedom. I have the whole combo. Freedom, flexibility, and the business fulfillment. But personally, I have been miserable. I'm going to give you details about this, but I mean, I'm going to be honest. I am in the middle of this right now. I am just pulling. I mean, it's just right. Like it's still in first quarter technically, Um, but I'm in the middle of pulling myself up out of this. And in last week's episode, what, what is making me talk about this with you is in last week's episode, my guest, Ethan T. Berlin, if you did not listen to that episode, please do. I said it was like a top three episode. Ethan said top two. He's gunning for top two. I'd love to make it a top two for Ethan. But I mean, it was an incredible episode. Ethan is a comedy writer. He teaches improv. He's written for some of the top comics. I mean, we're talking Jimmy Kimmel and The Colbert Show and Dwayne Brady and just comedian after comedian. He's written a children's book and he just has the most interesting life. But he was sharing an experience of his about the defining moment that changed his career. And when he told that story, it really spoke to me because what he was experiencing was this thing that I'm going through, but in a slightly different way. And it's something that no one talks about when you talk about growing your business, when you talk about living that laptop lifestyle, when you talk about making six figures. No one's talking about this, but this thing that I will name, right, that nobody else is naming, the thing of the name that nobody else is saying, and I will tell you what it is. This is the very thing that is going to get you not only what you want, but in the way that you want it. And so I know that this is something that everyone really needs to hear. So normally this is the kind of thing that, yes, I'd probably share it, but I would share it after I've gone through it. I would share it like when I've come out on the other end. Right. And I would share the full story and all the lessons. But I actually think that me sharing it right now while I'm in the middle of it is going to be so powerful for me and for you. And I hope that it helps you achieve what you're wanting to achieve. So I'm pulling back the curtain and I'm taking you into this past quarter and I'm going to tell you exactly why it's been so miserable and what I'm doing to add fulfillment to that personal part of my life so that I can have that full combo, the full trifecta, flexibility, freedom, and fulfillment because I've only had business fulfillment up to this point. And you can't, you'll you'll hear, you can't feel joyous and content when personally you're not feeling fulfilled. So I want you to curl up under your favorite blanket. I want you to grab whatever beverage you're going to have today because I'm going to tell you the truth about the freedom lifestyle. Because trust me, there's some big truths about it that no one's saying. And I'm telling you so that not only do you experience it, so that you can achieve it and obtain it, but so when you do, when you have this quote-unquote freedom lifestyle, you avoid falling into the pit that I did. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and vlogged all about it. 
And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show, where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. the coveted freedom lifestyle. Time to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, feeling joyous and feeling fulfilled, going where you want, being around all the people that you want, working on only the things that you want. It's what everybody wants in their career. It's what all entrepreneurs start their business for in some way or fashion. It's taking them to that the freedom to do what they want, when they want, how they want, to feel joyous, to feel fulfilled. Yet it is the one thing that most entrepreneurs find nearly impossible to obtain. And so you hear statements like, well, you know, once I hit six figures, you know me in these statements, right? Once I blank, then I'll blank. But once I hit six figures, then I can hire a virtual assistant and delegate some stuff and free up more of my time, and then I'll have more time. Then I can reduce the hours I'm working. Or after I, I don't even know, insert whatever milestone you want to insert there, then, right, then I'll be able to cut back on this or only do that or charge these rates or make these business decisions. So you just keep pouring all of your time and your energy and your attention into your business because, you know, after all, that's what you're hearing, right? That, that's what corporate America tells you to do, to work hard. Hard work pays off. You have to work hard, right? And for us coming from corporate America, that means you'll work the day, you know? Sometimes most jobs now have you take that, I don't know if Blackberries are a thing anymore, are they? That's what it was when I was a lawyer, but you took the Blackberry home and you were expected to even be on call, even when they told you in your job description, you weren't. (laughs) But, you know, it's that idea that you're just really supposed to be always available, working around the clock. If you're not working hard, then you're not serious about your business. In fact, I was doing some research for this episode And I found a discussion forum where there was an entrepreneur and he said, I now have an incredible amount of free time in my business and I don't know what to fill my free time with. And I mean, you're going to hear later, this spoke to me. And so I started reading and I was just so angry by all the comments that I was reading because every comment was, well, you're doing the entrepreneur thing wrong. If you have free time, you're doing the entrepreneur thing wrong. There is no such thing as free time. Every minute of your day that's free should be spent moving your business forward. You should be reading books, going out networking, doing this, doing that. And they just really trash this poor. I'm going to assume it was a guy from a couple of things I read, but they trashed this poor guy for having time except for one person. One person said, good on you. You have set up a really great business. If it has the team, if it has the processes, if it has the efficiency to be able to give you the money that you need to thrive and to succeed and do it while working less, congratulations, right? And gave some actual practical advice. But I was just shocked by how many people fall into this mentality 
of if you're not working all of the time, then you're not going to be successful. And if you're not working all of the time, you need to feel guilty. And if you're not working all of the time or thinking about your business or pouring all your time and energy and attention into it, right, then you're going to fail. You're not real. You're a hobbyist, right? In fact, they even quoted Gary Vee, who I love, and Grant Cardone, who I like, right? And like Grant believes you need to work 90 hours a week. Gary is like, you've got to work all the time, all the time, all the time. And it's just, I get it, right? At the beginning, yes, but no. And then as you you move at different stages of your business, also yes and no. We're going to get into that. But I understand the core. Okay, the core is you want to reach those milestones fast. You want to get to there quickly so that you can experience the other side. So you are, you're trying to reach the revenue goals. You're trying to reach the client goals. You're trying to reach all of these milestones and markers that will allow you, right, in your mind to do the things that you need to do to actually be able to live out freedom in your day, (laughs) flexibility in your day, and to feel fulfillment. So you keep pouring into your business. But, okay, that ability to take the time to create the space, to enjoy the flexibility, it just never seems to show up no matter what goal you reach. And I think most of you know that that's true. <laughs> so you're, ma- you're, you're making the money. Maybe you're not at the beginning. Some of you might be like, I'm really not making the money I want to make. I really don't have the clients I want to have. We're going to talk about that. But others are like, no, like I'm making the money and I'm getting the clients, but that ability for freedom and flexibility and even fulfillment, it's elusive. So what on earth am I doing wrong, right? And Rita, how can I make it happen? I hear this from entrepreneurs all of the time. They're like, this is why I went into business and I'm being successful. Why is it still not happening? So I'm going to tell you, and it goes against, like I said, everything you've been told growing up everything you've been told in corporate America by Gary Vee, by Grant Cardone's of the world, right? But first, before I tell you, and I tell you all the things you need to do so you can actually experience it in a way that will give you everything that you want, I'm going to introduce you to this week's She's All In entrepreneur, Esther Boykin. She's a relationship therapist. She is also an entrepreneur coach and therapist. And she's sharing her story of going all in on her business and her own journey to obtain the freedom lifestyle. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin, CEO of Group Therapy Associates, therapy is not a dirty word, and licensed marriage and family therapist. I run a private psychotherapy practice here in the Washington, D.C. metro area, as well as my sister company, Therapy is Not a Dirty Word, which hosts events, podcasts, retreats, all kinds of fun social ways to bring mental health and relationship skills out of the therapy room and into real life. As a therapist and an entrepreneur, there are countless ways that I go all in on my business and my life. The one that stands out the most for me is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, which is going all in on taking a break, on stepping back from the business. At a time when I was teaching, hosting a podcast, seeing my own therapy clients, consulting on other private practices, managing my business, I looked up and realized that what I wasn't doing was prioritizing myself as a human being, as a person with other interests outside of work. I implemented No Work Mondays, and while it was wonderful, and I very quickly learned that I enjoy pottery and meal prepping and sleeping in, and I got to read more books, I also realized that I had come 
a long way from being connected to all of my hobbies and interests and creative self. So I really encourage everyone to think about how can you go more all in on yourself, on your rest, on your recovery, on your resetting. If you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit therapyisnotadirtyword.com to connect with all my social media, my email address, and all of my upcoming events and services. Thank you, Esther. It is so good. I know you know that I know now that it's so good for me to know. I know that it's good to know that I know that you know that you told me that I know, right, that this is not an unusual occurrence. Now, normally, I pair my episode with wine or I pair my episode with coffee, but today I have paired it with a glass of my own tears. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) It's really just water. I'm really not sitting here crying. But, right, this is the first episode where I can honestly say that I have been nervous. And you can't, like, my throat, I'm clearing it. You could hear that one. Hopefully, my editor, Emily, hi, Emily, (laughs) has done a really great job of editing out most of my coughs and my stops and my throat clearing because I really am nervous to have this conversation. So I thought water's the best thing to have by my side. And it's, you know, just my tap water. So let's dive into this and get the easy part out of the way first, because I know you are all like, Rita, what do I have to do to have that combination to especially to have more time in my day? I want more time for my family, for friends. I want more flexibility. I want to work other places. I want to have great clients. I want this freedom and I want this flexibility. So how do you get it? What do you have to do? And yep, this is the easy part of this episode, guys, because what I believe is more important is to shine the light on what can happen once you've obtained all of this. Because when you know what can happen, it's going to change your approach to how you're getting there. So to me, that's the important part of the episode. But yeah, sure. I'm going to tell you what you do to get this freedom and flexibility that you want. So this is simplifying it a bit because truly it is an individual strategy to get your business to be the model that will help you live the life that you love, right? Because really, that's the way we should be coming at things like spoiler alert, create the life or at least imagine it or map out the life you want to live and then make your business support that from the beginning easier said than done, I know. But right, the strategy for making that happen is very individual. But there are other pieces to getting there besides the strategy. There's mindset, there's action, there's personality and charisma and sales techniques and all of this stuff, right? So yes, if you want to know, Rita, my what is my formula? <laughs> what is my specific step-by-step formula for having more time in my day while I'm making more money and I'm having more fun, then just click on my scheduling link in the show notes, schedule a call with me. We'll chat. I think you guys might have heard in the last episode um, or maybe it was one before that. I have three private coaching spots available. And once these three private coaching spots are done, then I am full through about July or August. Not only that, but my previous guest in a couple of episodes ago, um, Katie Reese, offered to the three people who take these spots a free consultation for publicity to help you get visible. So, but any, anyway, I have three spots. So if you're wanting your individual strategy for this, then get on the phone with me and let's talk. But the one step that really is the base step, that is the foundation, that I think is really the only step, the rest are all just kind of like little actions that 
spur off of this step. This step is universal to everyone. And so this is what I'm sharing with you. And this is why I'm saying it's simplifying it a little bit. But if you want this freedom, you want this flexibility, you want this fulfillment, you just have to decide. You just have to decide that you want it. Now, you've heard me say this a million times, and you're going to hear me say it a million times. The process of getting there is the experience being there. And that's a quote from one of my favorite books, Creating Money, which I've talked about before. But the process of getting there is the experience being there. So if in building your business, you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, if, uh, going after your goals, if you're trying to reach a revenue goal, if you're trying to reach a client goal, and you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, or your schedule is full, or it feels chaotic, or it doesn't feel consistent, whatever that is, that you're feeling and experiencing in building your business and in hitting your goals, that's the exact same way you're going to feel once you hit the goals, which means you're not going to suddenly feel different, right? It's not like, oh, I'm just going to be stressed and overwhelmed and a full schedule and chaotic and, and angry all the time and not eating and not taking care of my health and not doing all of this stuff until I hit this milestone. And then once I hit this milestone, then I'll do all of those things. No, because once you hit that milestone, you're going to feel the exact same way. Like you have built a business model that is dependent on the process. And your process was overwhelmed, full schedule, chaotic, angry, not prioritizing your health. So you're never going to feel no matter what goal you hit, like that can change. So if you're working 60-hour weeks, there's not going to be a magic revenue number where suddenly you're like, great, now I can just work 20, right? Because you didn't set up a business model to support it. So you have to just decide. Decide what you want your day to be like. Decide how many hours you want to work and then implement it immediately. So that's what I did. Now, sure, you know, over time since starting my business, because I've been running my business full-time for, by the time you hear this, for almost six years, I've been running my business full-time. Um, I've been doing it part-time for two years before that, right? So eight years in total, but really full-time for six years. And I have whittled my hours down over time. I I shared, I think it was a bonus episode or maybe it was an actual episode of the podcast about everything I didn't do to get to 20K months. And by talking about what I didn't do, I was obviously talking about what I did. But really, you know, it was bootstrapping from the zero to $5,000 mark. It was bootstrapping and doing everything myself. So I was working a lot. I was working around the clock. I was wearing all the hats. I was doing all of the things, right? But then I realized that to go from 5 to 10K, I was going to have to delegate, but delegate only a few things and delegate just some key things, right? And then use my time in a different way. But then to go from 10 to 20K, I had to delegate even more. And I broke that out. You can find that episode. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I give step-by-step like detailed information about exactly what I delegated, exactly what the actions were I took. But the point is, right, I was whittling down my hours by delegating, but I still wasn't seeing that ability to work only part-time hours for full-time pay, right? I did not see, even though I wanted it, how I could go to like 20 or 30 hours a week and maintain the business that I built. And that's when I realized that I had fallen into the same trap of thinking, right, that once I whatever, then I will whatever. Because here's the thing, like as you become successful, the baseline for what success is changes. So now you kind of have to keep up with yourself. So you get to a thing, but the baseline for success once you're there has changed. 
And so now what will make you feel successful is something else you have to go after, right? And you'll get to there and the same thing is going to happen. So you think, well, when I get to the next thing, then that's when, right? But only it'll never happen (laughs) because you're going to get to the next thing and you're not going to feel it because there's going to be another thing that you have to go after. So you just have to decide to start. And that's what I did. Towards the end of last year, I made a decision. I made a decision that I was going to work no more than 30 hours a week. I don't know why 30 hours a week. That was the number that popped into my head. I had been working probably 40, 45 hours a week around that time that I made this decision. I think inside my heart, <laughs> I probably wanted to say 20, but um, and I'm kind of moving towards that. I know actually the first time I said the number out loud, it was 35, but I very quickly went to 30, and now I'm getting closer to like 25, 20 as I make changes to my business model. But Anyway, more details later, right? But the big part is I just decided I was going to reduce my hours by almost 20 hours, right? I was going to go from like 45, 50 hours a week to 30 hours a week. And I was going to do it starting January 1st, which was right around the corner because the holidays were coming and all of that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to start it right away because I knew Right? The reason that I did that is I knew that the only way I was ever going to be able to work 30 hours a week was by giving myself only 30 hours a week to work in. So if I gave myself 50 hours a week and said, oh, well, I'm going to use the 50 hours to do all of these things so that then I can, you know, make more money and delegate more and reduce down to 30, like, that's just not the way it happens. Because again, the process of getting there is the experience being there. So the only thing that was really, truly going to let me step into working 30 hours a week was by immediately only giving myself 30 hours a week to work in. And honoring that boundary like my life depended on it, meaning, right, I could only work 30 hours in the week and I started it and I honored it from the beginning. So I jumped in and I only worked 30 hours a week. So what was happening, some things just weren't getting done at first or I was having to delegate some things because I saw very quickly what fit in to 30 hours a week. So I started seeing where all of the tasks that I had could not fit in to a 30-hour week. And what I was not available for was negotiating that 30 hours a week. Like, that was my decision. I decided, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. I'm stepping into 30 hours a week. Now I have to make decisions that support it. So it wasn't just like immediately everything just flowed effortlessly and perfectly in my business, right? My business really was not set up where I was only able to work 30 hours a week and where everything had already been delegated and all the decisions had been made to support that. The only way I was ever going to get there was by giving myself only 30 hours a week to do it in. And so as I had the 30 hours a week to do it in, that's where I started noticing, oh, these tasks I can't do anymore. Now I have limited time. These have to be delegated. These have to go to somebody else. And then if their time gets full, I either have to bring in more team members or I have to cut some projects. So I started noticing what I had to drop, what else I had to delegate. Did I need to hire new team members? Did I need to allocate differently the tasks that were happening with the team? Right. I I started uncovering that. Then it also allowed me to see more about like bigger decisions that I had to make around my business model, the number of clients that I could serve, pricing, like where was my time going to go? Now, all of that is kind of an episode for another day or, again, a call with you because that is so specific. But the important part is it worked. 
I had been waiting and waiting and waiting till this magical thing that would allow me to just work less. And all I had to do was make the decision to work less and then give myself the amount of time and then make hard choices to make it work. By only giving me 30 hours, giving myself 30 hours and treating it like my life depended on it, meaning if I worked a minute over 30 hours, I was going to like have a serious ailment or, you know, lose a toe is the way that I treated it. I would drop my pencil, pencil down at that 30 hour mark. And so I had to make decisions throughout my week as I paid attention to my time, right? So doing that, that was all I had to do. I had to first just make the decision and then make the decisions to make it work. So again, those choices included a lot of difficult things to implement, like reducing the availability that I had for clients, meaning reducing the number of clients that I took, changing my mastermind program substantially, going from two groups to one group, changing the way that I run that, changing the whole logistics around it, raising my rates. I had to delegate more. I had to add to my team. I had to let projects go. I had to say no to some really good opportunities and really great things. And really, it was about taking the boldest, riskiest actions. Because with fewer hours to move my business forward, what I did mattered more than how much I did. And so this is kind of a side note. This is like your first tip on how do you get to the freedom and the flexibility. This is part of kind of deciding, but you can do it even if you don't decide. So number one is just how many hours a week do you want to work, right? Like just give yourself that many hours a week to work and still reach your goals, and you're going to really quickly figure out what you need to do to make that work out for you, right? But let's say you're not going to give yourself a certain amount of hours to work. Well, I was talking to a client about this the other day. He's just starting his business, and he was really beating himself up. He was feeling really guilty because what he said to me was, well, Rita, for the past couple of days, like for the past week or whatever, I've done more sitting on my couch and watching TV than I have work like in a day, right? And so I feel guilty. I feel like I know I need to do better. I need to work more right? So there we go. I need to work harder. I need to work more hours. I need to make sure that I'm working a full eight-hour day and a full 10-hour day. Now, look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be working eight to 10 hours. Again, that's an individual thing based on your business. I believe that the more you work on your business, right, sure, it's going to grow. But I'm going to tell you what I told him, which is, look, we have all had a job where we could easily fill 12 to 15 hours in a day, and we walked away doing absolutely nothing that day. Whether that's in your own business or when you were employed for someone else, right? I think we all had those days. It's like, la, 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 and oh, no, I did things. I did things all day. But yet nothing moved forward. (laughs) Nothing felt accomplished. Nothing happened, right? All of those busy tasks, all of those busy things that don't really make a dent or move the needle forward in any significant way. We can fill our day almost 24 hours a day with those tasks. So I said, I want you to stop thinking about the number of hours that you work in a day being the indicator of how committed you are to your business or how successful your business is going to be. That's that old school corporate America thinking of, oh, well, it's the amount of dollars for hour. It's the amount of hours I put in that will dictate what my financial result is, right? No, again, we could fill our day as a business owner with things that, yes, they're business related and they do absolutely nothing <laughs> to move our business forward in any way. So that's not the indicator of that level of success. So it's not about how many hours you're working. It's about what you're doing in those hours, right? If you spend 
10 minutes doing a big, risky, bold thing. And that, right, ends up working. (laughs) That's going to move the needle forward a lot more than spending eight hours just doing like little admin tasks or filing away papers or creating spreadsheets or creating graphics or whatever that is, right? So you can kind of let go of the guilt, I said, if you're focused on doing one big action every day, ask yourself, what's going to move the needle? What's going to move the needle forward the most in my business today and do that. And once you've done that, the rest is just bonus, right? The rest is just gravy. And so that's what I did, right? That's what I did. It's like I when you have limited time, if you want to realize those big results when people are like, well, Rita, how can you make $20,000 a month and only work 20 to 30 hours a week? You make big, bold, risky decisions that move your business forward quickly as opposed to focusing on the ones that will move your business forward slower, right? And smaller. So what you're doing matters much more than how much you're doing. Um, So that's what I did. And it worked. And so there I was having everything that I had dreamed of on that day that I came home and told dear Chuck that I was a dating coach now, right? I had it all. And I was sitting there. There was a moment around Christmas where I realized I had it and I started to cry. And I thought they were happy tears. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. Like, I can't believe it's all happening. And they kind of were, right? They they were happy tears. But when it happened again in the new year, I was like, gosh, I have everything that I had dreamed of and, and I feel like I can't breathe. It wasn't a panic attack, but I just felt like some weight was like on my chest. I mean, I had all this time to do all of those things that I had always wanted to do. And instead, as quarter one started, I found myself feeling incredibly sad all the time, all day long. Now, nobody necessarily would have known it to look at me. I don't, I don't think anybody picked up on it, but not, not even my husband. Well, eventually. <laughs> um, but I found myself feeling really sad. I was saying no to social plans. Um, I was going to bed extremely early, right? Like these sound like the signs of depression, right? I was going to bed extremely early. I would just start crying for absolutely no reason at all. And all of that started seeping into my business. I was showing up. I was doing great work for my clients. I was giving wonderful service. I was I was showing up for my community, for the All-In Entrepreneur, interviewing incredible people for this podcast, right? I, but I was only doing what I had to do. Kind of that deeper level, the creativity, the spark, just everything that was inside of me that I had felt, it was dulled. It felt dulled. And I was introverting more, which as an extrovert really didn't help things. So... I kind of decided to point out, hey, like I did it in a very casual way, talking to my own coach. I was like, hey, so like I have all this free time now because I decided. And so, but I'm like having trouble figuring out what to do. And I think I'm feeling kind of down because I feel a little scattered when it comes to my free time. And I'm not sure, you know, what I want to do about that. (laughs) And she said, hey, well, look, You've been really intentional with your business time, but you have not been intentional with your free time. The reason that that business felt fulfilling was I was being intentional. I was getting clear. I was making choices. I was deciding what I wanted. I was creating the plans to make it happen. But I hadn't done that with my free time. I wasn't being intentional. And I said, you know, that makes sense. That sounds fair. Cool. 
So I jumped into searching for ways to fill my time. So I started looking at classes and I started looking at crafting projects. And, you know, I, I looked at all these different trips I could take or plans with friends or new meetup groups to go to or new organizations for like social, for fun, right, to, to attend. And it wasn't helping. In fact, all of it was just making me feel a little bit worse. Um, and that was driving me crazy because I've always loved those things. I love fun classes like improv classes and acting classes and dancing classes. And although I'm not good at crafts, I like painting, especially when I'm painting while I'm sipping wine. And I like friends and I like plans. And I used to run a meetup group for crying out loud. I love meetup groups. I love meeting new people. So I was going bonkers because I was looking at all this stuff and nothing, nothing was calling out to me. Nothing felt good. Even when I would go to try it, it'd be like, eh. And it all just kind of made me feel worse. So one day, Esther, who, yes, was the Esther in the All In segment. This is why I picked her to highlight her story. You'll see why. It was very appropriate to pick her segment to highlight. But she was over. She's also my co-partner. We run, we, we run, that's hard to say, we run a retreat together called the Reset Retreat. And she is one of my business peers, business best friends, and she's also a client of mine. But She's been a business peer and a business friend first. Um, so I had been embarrassed to kind of tell anybody, even my husband, that I was feeling this way. Because in my head, I was thinking, well, this is a first world problem, right? I mean, I'm making the money I want. I'm making more than I've ever made before. And I'm doing the things that I want in order to make it with the clients that I want to work with and with the space and the freedom and the flexibility in my calendar that I've always dreamed of. And I'm sad and I'm complaining about it, right? And here I am focused on why am I not enjoying it more? Why am I not having more fun? Like, who am I to feel upset about this, right? I felt like it was wrong to feel the way I've been feeling. And so I was really hesitant and shy and embarrassed or whatever, shamed, whatever you want to say about bringing this up and telling anybody. But Esther was over. She could kind of, Esther, you know, she's a therapist, right? So, um, and she was also in episode one, guys. If you didn't, she's one of the people who interviewed me in episode one to get the real story out about my 35 dates in 35 days. So she has this uncanny ability to really pick up on people, right? Um, and so she asked me basically what was wrong. And I told her, I said, look, I felt like this was a non problem. I felt like sharing this would come across as more bragging, but. I got to tell you, right? I got to tell you about this. And earlier that day, you know, we always learn what we need through our clients, I believe. And earlier that day, I said to a client, look, you have to ask for help. You can't build a business alone. You can't. The most successful people ask for help when they need it around all things, around all things. And so I looked at Esther and I said, okay, I'm going to tell you this, right? And I told her the story, and then I told her what I had been doing to try to be intentional with my time, that I was searching for all of these things, and that nothing spoke to me. And Esther told me two things. And the two things that she told me have changed almost everything for me, and I'm going to tell you what they were. So the first thing she said is, what if being intentional with your time meant being less structured, not filling it with more? What if it just meant less structured, not more? Even activities for fun. And I was like, but 
Esther. <laughs> like that, I thought that was the problem, right? The problem was I had freed up time and then I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't being intentional with it and I was feeling sad. So of course, filling the time with something, with activities, with things would be the thing that would make me feel not sad. And I said, so if that's not going to work, then what am I going to do, right? I thought the problem was I wasn't filling my free time. And that's why I'm sad. But now you're telling me to fill it with less. I don't know how to do that because it's already less. It's already at zero. So like the free time, what do you want me to do with it? And she was like, well, sit with yourself. I was like, what do you mean sit with myself, right? I sit with myself all day long. I'm everywhere I go. I can't get away from me even if I want to. And I was like, do you mean just sit? <laughs> she was like, yes, Rita, and think. And I'm like, but what would I think about? In my mind, I'm going to think about what activities I'm going to go to, what things I want to do, right? And then she said, you should get a therapist. <laughs> she said it like in the most loving way. Uh, she told It's a lot more than what I'm sharing, but she was like, look, you are going to have to, you're going to realize if you work with a therapist, you're going to realize, or even if you do this on your own at some point, you're going to realize that you have lost touch with your core self. And what you're doing to fill the free time right now with classes and with whatever, right? But what you're noticing is you were sad whether you filled it or you were sad whether you didn't, right? But the reason that you're filling it with more, right, the reason that you're looking for all of these fillers is a distraction. And you've lost touch with yourself. You've lost touch with your core self. Yes, because you were working all of the time. But as your business grew, Rita, so did you. You went through growth. You have changed. You are not the person that you were when you started your business. And you're not the person you are on day 10 of your business or your three of your But You have been growing this entire time. But from day one to year six, you haven't been paying any attention to your growth. You have only been looking at the growth of your business. And she's like, so you are going to have a lot when you really sit down with this and really go, why am I so sad whether I fill my free time with things or not? What is going to come up for you? Trust me, you're going to need somebody to talk to. And while I can be your friend, because I'm your friend and because I'm your client, I also cannot be your therapist. <laughs> and so I decided to use something called Talkspace. Now, Talkspace is kind of teletherapy. Um, it is, it's incredible. I'm actually really trying, if you're listening, Ronnie, I'm trying to get the CEO of Talkspace on my podcast because it's just been incredible. But um, it allows you a couple of different plans, right? Some include like a weekly virtual session that you can have through video, right, with your therapist. You get to pick your therapist. They have all of these therapists. They match you. They have a matcher. They match you with with potential therapists, like you choose your therapist and then you can choose your plan. My plan does not include any video sessions. It includes just unlimited messaging, right? Every day now there are limits around the unlimited, but I can message as much as I want. <laughs> She's not messaging back, you know, in an unlimited way, my therapist. But anyway, I tried it saying, okay, you know what? Maybe if I just like chat through this problem, for a month, like I'll figure out what's going on and it'll be good. And then this way I can just talk about it every day. But I really liked why I chose Talkspace over like going to a therapist's office once a week is I wanted to talk about it more real time. Like, hey, this is what came up for me today and get a response back the same day. And that's what Talkspace allows is like the therapist will check twice a day and talk to me twice a day. I didn't need to like talk for an hour about all of this stuff. I just needed to ask a few questions to navigate my day. And I thought, well, if I'm talking about it and thinking about it every day, that'll probably move me forward pretty well. It felt good to me. It just felt like the right way to do. So anyway, 
I kind of thought, I'll be honest, I thought, yeah, what's going to come from like 15 minutes worth of messages with a therapist every day, right? Well, it was incredible. And I'm going to share it with you. And at the end of sharing it with you, I'm going to tie it all up into actions that you can take now that will help you move towards this lifestyle that you want and feeling the way that you want to feel by avoiding feeling the way that I did once you get there. So I've talked to my therapist about all kinds of stuff. This is not going to be a rehash of my therapy sessions. Um, Nobody wants to hear that, right? Trust me. But um, remember the client that I was telling you about earlier? He was experiencing those feelings of guilt because he wasn't working all day long. Well, surprise, surprise, it turns out that I was still wearing, without realizing it, my own busyness badge, like a little badge of honor for being busy. Now, I am not sure if you have heard of Enneagram types. I thought Enneagram types were super woo and I avoided them. I don't know why I thought that. And I love woo. Everybody knows I love woo. So I don't know why, number one, why would I avoid something that was super woo? But also I I felt like it was more like a horoscope. What I didn't realize is it really is a a very like sound personality type of test like the Myers-Briggs, right? And so I took the Enneagram test. You can go to their website. It's like 10 bucks. You can take their full test now. That was not available all the time. They do that now. But at the end of the day, I'm a type 2 Enneagram. My wing doesn't matter. I'm a type 2 Enneagram by far. I am what they call a helper. And the gist of that is that helpers, type 2s, constantly seek love and validation from other people. And we find our worth and our value in what we do instead of just kind of like in who we are inherently. So the more tasks that a type 2 has, the more people a type 2 is helping, the more achievements a type 2 has, the more tasks on their list a type 2 does, the more they feel worthy. And the worthiness is a core essential factor (laughs) to feel fulfilled because you don't feel like you're allowed to receive anything unless you're worthy of it. So there's a constant need to prove to other people how worthy you are as a number two. Well, that's me, guys. I'm a number two. So apparently what I didn't realize was going on, right, it's like there's this constant need to prove that I'm valuable and to prove that I'm worthy, and I prove it to other people by what I do. The tasks on my list the achievements, you know, the classes that I'm taking, whether it's personal or business, right? Well, my busyness was gone, right? I mean, yes, my 30 hours of my business are full and they are fulfilled. I mean, they're great. The way I use my time is wonderful. And I got a lot of business tasks off my plate, but with the, that I didn't enjoy and weren't lighting me up, but with, and that weren't moving the needle forward, but with the free time, I wasn't doing that. It was nothing but white space for miles around, (laughs) nothing but air and space and floating all around. So what was going on is as my tasks disappeared, so did my internal feeling of being worthy, which is that basic requirement of being fulfilled. So that was issue number one that came to light because of talk space, right? That I have this need. This is the way, this is kind of my personality. This is the way I'm subconsciously thinking about things and my worth instinctively, right? Which is what I'm in the process of overwriting comes from, and and I think a lot of that is just, I mean, I know all of it. It's like upbringing, right? I'm not saying my mom or parents or I'm just saying society, right? Like it's 
good grades. That makes you worthy of going to school, right? It's like what you do in college makes you worthy of jobs and what you do in your job makes you worthy of um, getting money or raises or corner offices or opportunities and what kind of job you have, right? Makes you more or less valuable to society and like all of that way of thinking, right? So because I had grown up in all of that way of thinking, boom, right? That was all inherent in me. And so that's where I was getting my feeling of worthiness. And I had taken a huge amount of tasks and busyness off my plate. But then there's a second piece. Not only that, right? But I was also, so not only was I like, did I take away everything that made me feel worthy, but I was disconnected from who I was because who I was six years ago when I quit the job and came home and became a dating coach is not who I am now. So what Rita liked six years ago is not what Rita necessarily likes now, except for ice cream. Like, I still love ice cream. <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to change. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, right? Like, and I love my husband. That hasn't changed, right? But even the way I love my husband or our relationship or what, like, it's impossible to stay the exact same, especially when you're going through big life changes. And so the Rita of six years ago was not the Rita I am today, only I don't know the Rita today. I'm just getting to know her again. Because what I didn't do was get to know Rita along the way between zero to six years. Does that make sense? It's kind of, it's kind of like a relationship, okay? Um, when you get into a new relationship, there's something called new relationship energy, right? If you've ever been in a new relationship that you're head over heels about, you totally know what this is. But it's where you're hyper-focused on that new romantic partner in your life. And that hyper-focus can pull you away from friends. It can even pull you away from working out. It can pull you away from your own hobbies, your own habits, right? Like it pulls you away from other things you were focused on. And it pulls you away from yourself. So it pulls you away from other people, but it pulls you away from things that were important to you. And it's normal. It's nothing to like beat yourself up over, right? But what happens is that new relationship energy kind of dissipates and you realize, oh, well, I'm kind of ready to get back to all of those things now. I feel really good. Like I feel solid. Like this is good. But you're hit with this sadness and this awkwardness of realizing just how disconnected you really got how disconnected you got from other people, how disconnected you got from the things that light you up. And then you have to work through that sadness and work through that awkwardness so that you can get back to your friends, right? You can't just go back to your friends. You have to work through that sadness and awkwardness. You can't just like start your stuff up again because it's going to trigger all these feelings. You're going to have to work through it to be able to reconnect with yourself. Well, I had become disconnected, right? Because I threw everything into my business. I was hyper-focused on my business. My business was my new relationship and it was sexy and it felt good and it still does. It is still very sexy, but it is like that comfortable sexy now, right? Like, but like my business was sexy and I wanted to be in it all the time. I wanted to be up on it all the time, right? It was just, it was great. And so I was hyper-focused on it like I would be a new relationship and it pulled me away from all the same things a new relationship pulls you away from. It pulled me away from friends. It pulled me away from family. It pulled me away from hobbies, right? So one thing was I got really disconnected. But for six years, I was only focused on the business. I was hyper-focused on the business and who I was in the business. But I was not focused on who I was and who I was outside of the business and who I was in general and how the business was changing me, right? I didn't do any of that stuff. And so then when I suddenly had all of this free time, 
it was like I was trying to fill the time as the way to reconnect. Well, oh, if I just go back to meetups, if I just go do these things I used to love to do, then, right, I will feel connected. But the truth was, right, I was really feeling that time because every time I would sit with nothing to do, I would get this uncomfortable feeling. And the uncomfortable feeling came from the unknown because I didn't know me. I didn't know what I wanted to do with that time. I didn't know. So it was a problem I had to solve. If I can just find the thing I want to do, then there's no problem, right? But it, it wasn't about finding the right task. The problem was that I don't know who I am, so I don't know what I like, so I don't know what I want to do, and I don't know what's intentional for me anymore about my personal time. And to do that, right, is going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward and it's going to be sad because I'm going to have to sit in this unknown period of time of discovery, not knowing what the other end is going to be. And if you're a goal, goal getter, we've talked about this in business before, right? A lot of people don't like sitting in a business strategy, right? You might sit in a business strategy for 90 days and people don't like sitting in a business strategy for 90 days because they don't like waiting for the results. So they get uncomfortable when they're not seeing instant results and then they want to bail on the strategy and find a strategy that will show them instant results. But what happens is they never give anyone's strategy the time to produce results. Well, that's kind of what was going on here, right? Like, I needed to sit in a strategy of reconnecting with myself, but that was going to feel uncomfortable. That was going to cause a lot of discomfort. Well, what we try to do is avoid discomfort. And so there, there's actually a phrase, um, the obstacle isn't in the way, the obstacle is the way. And I think that was an emperor of Rome who said that. Ari, Arialis, Arialis maybe is it? I don't know. I'm like dipping way back. But I just remember that phrase. The obstacle isn't in the way. The obstacle is the way, right? The only way out is through. Maybe you've heard that before, right? Or the only way to be comfortable is to actually go through the discomfort of doing something, right? The only way to be comfortable with doing something is by doing it, meaning you're going to have to be uncomfortable and get through the discomfort to then be comfortable. You can't just go around it, right? There's no way to navigate it around it. We try to avoid discomfort by walking around it all the time. And a couple of episodes ago with Katie, um, the publicist Katie, who was talking about how to be a CEO, I mean, the number one thing, the number one theme of that episode was you must trust yourself. But you must trust yourself not only to do things, but to trust yourself to handle all that happens from it, including any negative emotions that come up. You need to know that a failure or something that doesn't go according to plan or whatever it is isn't going to derail you. Or if it makes you sad, that sadness isn't going to hold you back. You have to trust to be able to navigate your emotions. And guess what? <laughs> I had fallen back into an old Rita pattern of thinking because here I was without all this time, not knowing who I was, and I was falling back into old Rita of six years ago. And that pattern of thinking was not trusting myself to be able to handle those negative emotions, right? And so negative emotions were going to come from reflecting on why am I so unhappy in my free time? Why is it that I'm unhappy with everything I want? What does that mean? I was going to have to ask myself some deep questions and it's going to trigger some stuff. And I knew that somewhere inside, I knew that was going to happen and it was uncomfortable. So I was trying to avoid the discomfort by filling my time with busyness through events and meetups and activities, right? Here's the truth, guys. Evolving is painful. Evolution is painful. It hurts. And as your business evolves, 
You go through growing pains. We hear that with business all the time, right? Oh, they're just going to be new challenges at every new level. They're new challenges. It's You're always going to be going through growing pains, right? Well, it's the same thing in your life, right? As your business evolves, you are evolving. And as you evolve, it's not always or often going to feel good because becoming this like better version of yourself, it requires time. It requires reflection. It requires being open to change and to pivot and to let go of who you were and to embrace something that you might not have anticipated. And it's going to happen over and over and over again as long as you keep evolving. In fact, um, there's some quote, I'm probably not going to get this right, but in relationships, like to be committed to loving someone forever, right, means you have to attend a thousand funerals of who they were because we die over and over and over again and we rebirth as different people, right? So it's not about trying to get somebody back to who they used to be so that you can feel love again. It's learning how to love somebody through all of the different versions of themselves. Well, that's what we have to do for us. Right. But what I was doing was not attending all the many funerals of Rita that had happened from the first day I started my business to year six. I was acting like it was still the same Rita, but it wasn't the same Rita. Right. And so I was going through growing pains, but I was so hyper focused on my business. Like Esther said, I did not pay attention to my own growth that was happening personally. So I kind of missed the pains, the growing pains. They were, I numbed them. I, I, I distracted myself from them through being so busy in my business. So the minute that I wasn't so busy in my business and then I had all this free time, right, to be able to go do all of these things, I started realizing all the pain that I had ignored. It was like there and I didn't want to feel it. So I thought, well, if I could just distract myself from it by figuring out the solution, then that would be fine. Right. So um, and that's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to avoid discomfort. So what's going to happen is as you're working towards your freedom lifestyle, as you're working towards this laptop lifestyle or whatever you want to call it, fewer hours, more time with family. Right. Like you're Business has to evolve because to get there, you're going to have to make some big decisions and do things the way that you've never done. But to be the person that can do those things means you are going to evolve. And that means you are going to go through personal growing pains. And you're going to want to avoid the same discomfort that I had to experience, right? So if you're ignoring yourself because you're only focused on your business, and then suddenly you get to this point where you are freeing up more time, right? You're going to feel uncomfortable and you're either going to try to fill that uncomfortableness with more work, meaning, oh, see, I'm not able to actually only work 20 hours a week. But really what you don't realize is the work is just a distraction, right? Or you're going to set more goals and go, well, see, to reach that goal, I do have to go back to working more. Or you're going to do the same stuff, but with your free time. So maybe you're not going to fill it with more work or goals, but you're going to do what I do. Try to search for classes and events and parties and festivals and experiences and travel and all of these things, right? So that you don't have to sit and ask these questions I'm going to share with you later to reconnect with yourself, right? So if that's been you, if you've been working on your business for a long time, hyper-focused on your business and trying to obtain these goals that will allow you to have the freedom and have the flexibility, but you have not been checking in with yourself and going through your own kind of inventory of your personal growth, you're going to encounter the same thing. Now, what's really funny is how what we need is always, always, always reflected to us in a big way in our clients. And I was speaking with one just Friday which when you listen to this, it's Tuesday, so last Friday. And she was telling me, well, you know, Rita, I haven't had time to do much of the stuff that I wanted to do because my days have been full. 
And I said, oh, well, what have they been full with? And she was like, well, she has a full-time job and it picked up and got busy. Um, She has her side business. And so she was just serving her clients and that took up time. In addition, she has a pet. Her pet birthed like a litter of babies and um, a couple of the babies needed to be bottle fed and they have to be bottle fed every three hours. So she's bottle feeding them every three hours. And then her sister needed her to watch her nephew. And she was like, so... I just didn't have time for these things I wanted to accomplish. The main thing really was setting up this home gym that she's been wanting to set up and like really focusing on her health. And so what she wanted to talk to me about was a time management problem, like how to get back to managing her time and having time for everything she wanted. But I knew that the root of the problem, because here's the mirror, guys, was the same thing I was experiencing. The root was worthiness. And so I asked her, why don't you have the time? Because she said, well, this is all unexpected. And so all this unexpected stuff wasn't scheduled for, and it just sucked up all the time. So I asked her, well, why are these unexpected things taking every minute of your day? And she said, well, because I'm letting them. (laughs) And I said, okay, so why are you letting them? Why are you letting these things take up every minute of your day? And she's like, well, because they feel like the most important priority, Rita. And I said, okay, so why are your employer, clients, pets, and nephew more of a priority than your health? And she was quiet. And she realized, and you know, she kind of like, we talked, we chatted through it, that she didn't feel worthy of making herself a priority. And she was kind of the same way. She was getting her worth her feeling of being worthy from what she was doing for other people. So the minute she stopped doing for other people or filling her day the same way I was, she was no longer going to feel worthy because her worthiness to her was defined by what she does, not by who she is, right? If she just knew she was worthy for being, she would know she was worthy of prioritizing her health. And so she just didn't believe inherently that she was worthy of prioritizing herself. And instead of solving for that problem, which she kind of admitted, I think I know that this is an issue that's been coming up, right? She was trying to walk around it by avoiding the discomfort, by filling her days with other things. So not only did the busyness allow her to feel important, but it also kept her from having to like do deep soul searching type of work, which allowed her to switch into victim mode, making her a victim to time and allowing her to pin it on a time management problem, which we both clearly knew it was not a time management problem. So to break this cycle, She has to reconnect with herself so that she can reconnect with her inherent worthiness. And that comes when we allow ourselves to sit with ourselves so that we reconnect with who we are and what we want and need, because that's where freedom comes from. Freedom, guys, is internal. Once you feel free internally, you will attract all of the external things that also allow you to feel free. But until you feel free internally, you're not going to attract all of those external things. Like, So I told her, as Esther said to me, you can't make this discovery time structured. You need to just sit and be with yourself with no distractions and answer some tough questions. So I told her what I'm going to tell you And it's what I'm doing right now for myself because, you see, I created space. Like I said, I created space, but I was pushing me away because I wasn't sitting with myself. I wasn't rediscovering me. I was avoiding all of that. 
right? By pretending I was the same person that I was, by pretending I had not evolved, by ignoring the growing pains that I had gone through. So no matter what I filled my time with, I felt lonely and lost because I was disconnected from myself. And that created a cycle when I felt lonely and lost that made me only sadder and lonelier because I didn't want to go out and do things and I didn't want to sit with me and I didn't want to talk to me. And like, it just, it created a circle. And really, it's because I was listening to everyone and everything else except me. I was listening to other experts. I was listening to, um, even when I went to talk space therapy, I kind of wanted to listen to what she had to say, not what I had to say, right? But of course, that's a good therapist for you. We'll make you focus on what you're saying. Um, But I was just for everything, everything else but me. I wanted to look and focus and pay attention to everything else but me. So here's what I told my client. Here's what I'm doing to learn how to sit with myself. And if you do these things right now, if you make these things, these questions, these things I'm going to give you a priority and you sit down and you do them, they will uncover, right? They will uncover things. They're all going to uncover part of the process of getting to the goals that will allow you your freedom and flexibility. So you're not only going to get there faster, if you do these things, as in like today, because freedom is internal. And so good news, spoiler alert, you can create that freedom immediately today by feeling it internally today. I'm going to tell you how, right? And the only way to get things that make you fulfilled, external things that bring you fulfillment is to be fulfilled intrinsically, to be fulfilled now. But when you are, right, when you do these things that will help you create the process that brings fulfillment now while you're trying to work towards the goals that will bring you external fulfillment, right, and allowing you to tap into this internal fulfillment now, you're going to be more empowered to make difficult choices, difficult choices to align your business model with the ultimate kind of external schedule and other things that you want for your life. Meaning when all of those things are all combined in a big pot together, stirring around, you're going to have the trifecta of freedom, flexibility, and fulfillment and the tools you need to continuously maintain it. So like, what kinds of questions are you asking yourself? What are you doing? Well, you need to give yourself time. You need to block out time to just sit with yourself, right? It can be short blocks of time throughout the day. It can be one long block. It can be different, right? You need to play around with it. But there need to be no distractions, no phone in front of you, no book in front of you, right? Just notice what's coming up for you. Or maybe the book to journal around some of these questions, right? But you're not reading a book or a magazine. You're not listening to music. You're not watching TV. You're not talking to other people. You're not surfing your phone, right? Zero distractions, not even music, like nothing, zero distractions. So you need to allocate time for yourself. You need to make yourself a priority by carving out a time block or time blocks for you. And then you have to have no structure during that time no structure, but instead just have some questions that you're going to sit with in a way that has no structure, no distractions, no busyness around you, so you can really pay attention to the answers. And the kinds of things you're going to be asking yourself are, like, what are my values right now? Because our core values, guys, those aren't fixed in stone. As we evolve and change, our values grow and change. And so if we start making decisions that are out of alignment with our values because we think they've stayed the same, we're going to start feeling all kinds of ways. So we need to make sure, like, what it, as I've grown, my life, it's like the story I shared of me and Chuck deciding we wanted to move to Key West by 2020. Spoiler alert, we're not in Key West, but we've reached the goal of being able to do it. We reached it a couple of years ago. And like I said, when I shared that, we realize that the people that we were then, once we've reached reached all the goals we needed to be able to move, 
those people didn't want to go to Key West. The people before wanted to go, but then we became different people by doing the things we had to do in order to be able to achieve that goal. And those were different people and those people didn't want to go to Key West. And that's how we knew it. Like we got in touch with it, right? So it's the same thing for you. It's like your values, your wants, your as you reach goals, the things you want may change because you've changed. So you need to sit down and like tap into your values, what's important to you. Ask like in a micro way, and a macro way, but definitely even a micro way, like what feels good to me? What would feel good to me right now? Like, how am I feeling? That's a great question. How am I feeling right now? How do I want to feel right now? And what can I do right now to feel that way? So if I'm sitting in silence and it's like, how am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling a little anxious. And it's like, well, how do I want to feel? Well, I want to feel joyful. Well, what could make me feel joyful? Oh, fresh flowers. So I could just go buy some fresh flowers and put them in a vase and then boom, I'm going to feel joyous right then, right? So it's like, how do I want to feel? Now, often I tell clients, you can't change what's in your day. You might say, I want to feel relaxed and you have a day full of meetings. But the way you approach those meetings, the process by which you go to those meetings, you can change so you feel relaxed, right? You might have to write a big report but you want to feel excited, well, what you do, the process of writing the report, you can do things to make you feel excited. So like, ask yourself, how do I want to feel today? How am I feeling? How do I want to feel today? What can I do that will allow me to feel that way right now? What do I need right now? Do I need a nap? Do I need more sleep? Do I need music? Do I need, what do I need? What do I want? What do I want right now? And then more macro, Like, what do I need more of? What do I need less of, right? I know you guys know I use Power Sheets. Power Sheets asks these in the pre-work, but the beginning of the year is not the only time you need to be asking yourself these questions, right? So these types of questions, no distraction. Give time, give space to see what comes up. And it may feel uncomfortable because you're going to be like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. And you're not going to like not knowing, but you have to sit there and just keep quiet, keep thinking about it, just clear your mind and see what pops up for you, right? You might be really surprised. You might realize something is really bothering you that you didn't know or that you need someone or something that you didn't anticipate, right? But every day, card out time. And then the next thing is really identifying what do you want the experience to be like once you have a successful business. So we talked about the process of getting there is the experience being there. So the second thing to do, so one, carve out time every single day to ask yourself some of these questions and sit with what comes up and really honor it and pay attention to it and give the time and don't force the answers. Let yourself be uncomfortable while some of this stuff bubbles to the surface, right? The second thing is ask yourself, when I have this ultimate successful business that I want, what do I want the experience to be in my life because of it, right? If you're, um, for example, I've shared this before, right? My ultimate experience is that I have a multi seven-figure business, right? So I have a seven-figure business. Well, the experience that I want to have behind it is I want to be having this seven-figure business while cultivating relationships, traveling and experiencing new things, prioritizing my health, and having fun, right? So you need to figure out what is that for you? What's the ultimate goal? And what do you want the experience to be like once you have this successful business that is the ultimate destination, the ultimate goal? But then you have to do those things right now. So for example, in the example I just gave you, right, where I want to be cultivating relationships and traveling or having new experiences and having fun and prioritizing my health, every single day I have a little time block and I ask myself, 
What is one thing I can do today to prioritize my health? And it may just be drinking water or stretching or taking a nap or taking some medicine. Like it doesn't have to be a big thing, but I do it. I do it every day, right? And then the next thing is what's one thing I can do today to have fun? Same thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be texting a friend or dancing around my room or something like that. What's one thing I can do today to have a new experience, to travel, or to have a new experience? It could be watching a a different kind of video than I would normally watch, or a documentary, or going to a new restaurant, or taking a day trip, right? Again, it doesn't have to be big. What can I do today to cultivate a relationship, right? It doesn't have to be big. But I do these things every day because by doing them now, right, that's what I want to be happening when I have my successful business. But if I keep waiting until I have a successful business to do those things, as we saw at the beginning, it's never going to happen because I will not have built a business model that allows the space for those things. But by doing those things now in one way, every single day, I'm creating a model that is building my business around these things. These things are allocated for, right? So my process of getting there will be my experience being there. So those are two things you can do, right? And then I'll tell you a third. So the, the number one, sit with yourself. It's going to be uncomfortable. If you're anything like me, you're going to hate it, but then you're going to love it, right? Like, and maybe it's like um, my one friend, Corey said, you know, Rita, maybe you just want tea. Maybe you just want to say, I really want some tea right now. I just want to hold a hot mug and just sit in silence and smell the tea and taste the tea, right? Like if I don't give myself that time, I'm not going to know that. So see what bubbles up. Then identify the ultimate vision of your business and what you want the experience to be in your life once you have it and start doing one thing of those experiences right now today. And then get some support. The final thing is just get some support. It is amazing what we think we know that we don't know or what we're sure of that isn't true (laughs) or what we know isn't happening that absolutely totally is, right? So whether it's something like I did Talkspace or a similar type of company called BetterHelp, whether it's an actual therapist and you go teletherapy or you go in their office or if it's a coach of some kind or even just a trusted friend, start sharing these things, talking these things through. We talk about entrepreneurship being an island and being a very lonely place. And yet everything that is created for people to come together, for entrepreneurs to build community, are built around shared experiences with the business. Oh, what are you doing for sales? What are you doing for marketing? Oh, let's talk about our business books and let's have a podcast club about business and let's talk about your experience as a business owner and my experience as a business owner and let's share referrals and let's share partners and let's, you know, like collaborate and all of this stuff, right, with business. But what a lot of people aren't doing who are connecting is talking about this deeper stuff like, hey, what do you really need today? Like, how are you really doing? Right? What's coming up for you? Like, what do you really want? Do you feel like you have it? Right? Like, are you the same person you were last week? Tell me why you're different than you were last week. Like, these are the conversations that we really need to be having with each other. And so whether you want to have that with somebody like Esther or you want to have that with me or you want to go get your own talk space. And if you do want talk space, guys, I'm putting my link. It's like an affiliate link. It's not really an affiliate link because I don't I don't think I get anything for it. I might. I might get a, I'll, I'll disclose it in the show notes if I do. But you get a $150 credit off of Talkspace if you use my link. And so I will put that down there and you can do it on a month to month basis. Now I'm going into my second month because I love it so much. And I just love being able to bounce like some of these stressful things that happen off of someone that's not my husband or my friends or whatever, right? Like on a daily basis. But anyway, whoever you pick, right? 
just find somebody and just start talking these things through because these are the things that create the internal freedom, the internal fulfillment, the internal, eternal, internal, internal freedom, internal fulfillment, internal everything that you need to attract everything externally that will support it, right? You can't wait for the external to then create it internally. That's not the way it works. So you have to stay connected to yourself. Doing that will help you make the right pivots, the right choices in all areas of your life, including your business. And guys, like I said, I'm in the middle of this process. And so a question that I want to ask you is, how are you currently doing this? Or are you? I would love to know. Please email me at feedback at readandmademedoit.com and let me know, was this insightful for you? Is this something you already knew and you're already working on? And if so, how do you do it? How do you stay connected with the different versions of yourself that happen as you grow, as your business and things around you grow? What is your time to just really ask what you want, what you need? What are you doing to connect to yourself, to sit with yourself, to experience this internal freedom, this internal fulfillment? I really would love to know. I will share as much as I can that I hear from people in confidential ways, of course, to help everybody. So I can't wait to hear from you, and I hope you will join me next week on another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It Show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.